You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go We are now 25 days away from the 2020 NFL Draft, guys. I'm getting more and more hyped for it every day. And Bo and myself are going to have a full mock draft episode either next week or the week after to let you guys know who we think each team should draft or will draft. But anyway, anyways, I'm here with the man himself. What's up, bud? <laughs> Not a whole lot, buddy. Just enjoying this quarantine life. How about you? Uh, pretty much the same thing. Dude, I can't ever make it through the entire intro without messing up a word. I don't know if you've noticed that. I always fumble over at least one word in the opening, and it really, really ticks me off. I think you're being too hard on yourself. I try every time to perfect it. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to doing this podcast stuff, man. It's really starting to irk me that I can't get through the openings um, without fumbling over at least one word. But anyways, guys, I'm not perfect. So, Bo... There's two big-name guys left in free agency at the quarterback position, and I want to go over them. That is Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, okay? Both of these guys were number one overall picks in their respective draft classes, and I want to break these guys down and see where you think they're headed, and I'm going to tell you where I think they're headed. Sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. All right, guys, so let's break down Jameis Winston, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. This guy was the number one overall pick in 2015, but it hasn't worked out how he wanted it to. He's 28 and 42 as a starter. Um, but let, let's look at some of the positives, guys. This guy's 26 years old with a good arm. He can make, make a throw to any part of the field. He really can't. Great arm on him. He's a very talented quarterback, but he plays with a gunslinger mentality. Is that how you'd say it, Bo? Has a very gunslingerish mentality. Yeah, he has. He has. I would say a yeah, gunslinger. He he shoots first, asks questions later. Uh, he has amnesia. If he throws a pick, he forgets. It goes right back out and throws with the same confidence right after that. Doesn't care if he misses. Which is probably what leads to throwing thirty interceptions in one season. Absolutely, absolutely. It's exactly. But I mean, that's. It's also it can be a good quarterback trait, but in his case, I don't know if it is because you they always want you know guys to forget their mistakes. I don't know about thirty three of them, but you you want guys to forget it so they can play you know fluidly. No, you definitely do. But this is something I thought about in in Peyton Manning's rookie season with the Colts. Uh, you know, after he got drafted, he threw for twenty eight interceptions, which obviously led the league. Do you think? At that point, you know, looking back at it now, we know how great Peyton Manning is. But at that point, do you think they were like, wow, we've made a mistake drafting this guy? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, that was probably in a time where patience was a little was something they had a little more of than today. I think that's something you'd hear more today. Yeah, it's just when I saw that, you know, I had heard it before, but, I, you know, obviously I'd forgotten about it. And I saw that and I was like, wow, you know, I wonder if those guys were thinking, you know, a lot of what we think with Jameis Winston right now, you know, is this guy just can he not get it? Can he not get down you know, the accuracy, decision making, things like that? Obviously, we see it worked out for Peyton Manning. The guy's an all time great quarterback. He's in my top two and we're going to get to that later. But again, with Jameis Winston, you just said it best, Bo. he puts the ball in dangerous situations. And it's like he doesn't really learn from it. He doesn't learn from the mistakes that he makes, which is something you always want a quarterback, especially a franchise quarterback, to be able to do. I mean, let's go over some career stats here. 
He almost has 20,000 yards for a career. He's 19,737, 121 touchdowns, 88 interceptions, and a career quarterback rating of 86. Um, now, FanDuel, Bo, who now you are very familiar with, let's let's yeah. keep that, keep <laughs> yeah. down the forefront of everyone's minds that Bo is now working a little bit with FanDuel. FanDuel sports betting, um, their odds for Jameis's next team, the number one team and the favorite are the Jaguars at plus 220 followed by the Dolphins at plus 370, the Saints at plus 380, Broncos and Steelers are both plus 600, followed by the Patriots at plus 750. Where where do you what what team do you like, Bo? Out of out of the the Jaguars, Dolphins, Saints, Broncos, Steelers and Patriots. And no Bo, you can't just say the Steelers because you're the biggest Steelers fan I know. I will, I don't I don't want them to do that. Don't worry. Okay, okay. I'm just making <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. What is worry. the team say, say, the, say them again? What, the Steelers? Oh, no, leave leave the Steelers out. Give me okay, the, the right, like right, top. Right, okay. of- Not including the Steelers. Jaguars, Dolphins, Saints, Broncos, Patriots. What team intrigues you the most? I'm not saying what team is he going to. I'm saying what team would intrigue you the most if he went to that team? Oh, Lord. Um, I would say either... Either the, either the Jaguars or... Um, or or the Broncos. The, I would the Broncos would be just so out of left field. I mean, you got Drew Locke developing there. I would be like, you know, what's this play? What, why bring in a guy that's going to demand so much money and want to start when you when you? How would they win like five straight to end the year? When do they put they Drew did. Locke in? That they would did. to me. I'd want to know what their end game was with that with the Broncos and the Jags. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see them open it up with with DJ Chark. I think he's a He's a good young player. Um, I mean, I'd, it'd be cool to see Minshew and Jameis go at it, and, you know, in training camp and see who's, you know, who, who'd win that battle. And I think Jameis would definitely start the season out. He'd win that, I think. Um, just more pedigree. He'd probably come into camp loose and would probably make some pretty good throws in camp. And I think he'd probably throw some picks again and give it away to Minshew midseason. But I think that's how it'd go down. I think that'd be a pretty cool – there'd be two characters. I mean, can you imagine, you know, Minshew – and Jameis Winston of two, you know, of all people in one place together. I think that's that's gonna be about as fun an atmosphere as it could get for t- for television. I mean, yeah, man. One guy's known for his mustache, and one's known for stealing crab legs. I mean, what what better what better eating you know, dubs and all kinds of weird stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I would I would love that for training camp. And you know, like like you said, I think. Jameis would win that in training camp, but I don't know, man. You know, Minshew's mustache gives him some kind of like secret power or something. I, I don't know, but I do agree that. Jameis Winston would win it, but I think Minshew, he's just sneaky, man. He he's sneaky yeah. good, and I think that you know the the fans in Jacksonville love Minshew, and you know they do. I mean, there's fans around the league that love Minshew, mustache mania, Minshew mania. I, I, I feel like they love him, but it's like, do they believe that he's the future and the answer? I don't, That's I, the I, question. Like, you can love someone all you want to, but is that the guy you want leading your team, and do you believe that he can lead your team? That is yeah. the big question. That That's what comes into it. For me, Bo, the most intriguing team to me for Jameis on that list is the Saints. And, okay, let me just let me just give you the reason why. So the Saints just re-signed Drew Brees, obviously. Me and you both know that, to a two-year, $50 million deal. But I think Jameis should be interested in signing with the Saints. Now, obviously, Brees is an older quarterback, and this will most likely, tell me if you think I'm wrong, I think this will probably be Brees' last contract in the NFL. You, was, this you, was two-year, $50 million that he just signed? Two-year, $50 million. I don't see him signing another contract after this because it took him so long to decide whether he wanted to sign this one. 
I don't know. I I I, I agree that the odds are, if like the Vegas, if I had to put a bet in Vegas, that I'd, I'd say he's done after this. But but just the way today is modern medicine. I mean, Tom Brady's doing it. I just well, that's you know, true. You had told me if you had asked me at 38, 39 years old with Tom Brady, would this be any sign of a two year deal? Do you think this is it? I'd probably say, yeah, I guess. But yeah, then I guess they just you don't keep ever playing. Know. You don't ever know nowadays. They, You're right. If they keep investing, I mean, they just signed Pete, Andres Pete for five years. I mean, what if they just keep bulking up that O line? He, he just keeps playing. I mean, he absolutely could. And that may Patriots be what they're trying doing. to do. They keep drafting linemen, just keep drafting linemen, and Brady just stays up. Or he's that's true. not now, but he's you know he's in Tampa Bay, but that's what they did for 20 years. Yeah, not now, and Brady is going to miss that. But guys, like with the Saints and Jameis, okay, this is something else to me with this list, but it's all it's really interesting to me that I don't see the Los Angeles Chargers on this list as a team that's extremely quarterback needy. And you know, I know they come out and said that Tyrod Taylor would be their starter. But I still consider that QB needy. I don't care that Tyrod Taylor has come out and is going to be your starter. That's still QB needy to me. But, you know, in the end, I see Jameis with the, with the whole Saints. Could you not see Jameis Winston in a Sean Payton offense just <laughs> slinging it? Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I could. He might be able to bring some of those mistakes down. And obviously, obviously he would have to sit behind Breeze. But once Breeze is gone, if Jameis would would, and I don't think he wants to sit. Obviously, like I said, number one overall quarterback. This guy's trying to get paid. But if he would do it, if he would sit behind Breeze, maybe that would help him learn a little bit to be a little bit more patient, learn about throwing, learn from his mistakes. Breeze would be able to mentor him a little bit. I think Jameis would excel in a Sean Payton offense, and I think he would be working with the best weapons he's ever had. Do you think, yes. do you think that's a realistic landing spot for him, that they can afford it and that they would put the effort into a guy like Jameis? I don't know if they could afford it, but yeah. I think that they. I think Sean Payton would put the effort in. I think he would. Because yeah. I think Sean Payton, <laughs> at the end of the day, would see how talented Jameis Winston is, and that would kind of trump – the problems that Jameis Winston has had in his career. What do you think? I mean, I would, I'd like to pose also, I mean, you got one $25 million quarterback in there. And I think um, last week we, with, we talked with Zach uh, Moore, and I think we agreed that he was going to be asking, you know, somewhere north of 20, you know, how could you hand 40 million of your $198 million payroll to two guys, one who won't play most likely, you know what I mean? I think that's, that would be pretty alarming. The reason, you know, I thought the Broncos and another reason that the Broncos, the Broncos and the Jaguars were intriguing was rookie contract quarterbacks. That is, that is intriguing, and like you said, it's probably not like likely that the uh, the Saints would do that. But I just think it would be a great opportunity for Jameis to Absolute obviously sit for front. two years, maybe two years, maybe one. You know, maybe in the second year of the contract, Jameis beats him out in training camp. Maybe he learns the playbook. I don't see that happening, but what I'm saying is yeah. imagine Jameis Winston being able to sit for two years behind Drew Brees, learn from Drew Brees, who is debatably a top five quarterback all time, debatably, and learn the Sean Payton offense and get chemistry with those teammates and then come out you know, three years from now and run with that offense. I think Jameis would, would excel in that would, offense. Yeah. And obviously he, he had Mike Evans. Oh, he would do great. And I think in that, you know, he had Mike Evans and he had um, Chris Goblin, but Imagine, you know, he'd still be there after this. But, you know, right now they've got Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Jameis Winston's never had a running back like that. Never had no. a running back like yeah, that. No, a pass catching they, back. That's, that, been a, that's been a, like a, a revolving door of running backs down there. So I, I just think it's intriguing. Do I think it's likely? No, I do not. But 
That's especially, why I said especially Jameis being a former number one overall pick. I just can't see him wanting to take the bench somewhere. I feel like he would. I feel like he would want the want the pay want the big paycheck, plus have a chance to start at least be in a battle to start, not like come in and bona fide backup. You know, role the second he shows up. So, well, I think that's going to end up being the thing with Jameis. He's not going to come in, and I think that's what would ultimately stop that deal. On top of the money problem, you know, yeah. like I said, I, I expect Jameis. He's probably looking for twenty five million. I guarantee you, he is. He's yeah. looking for twenty five million a year. Yeah. Um, the Saints would definitely not. Bill get Rivers that is getting it. You know, he wants it. Oh yeah, you know he wants it. Then I mean, yeah. come on, man. He's like, hey, I topped Philip Rivers in interceptions. I deserve more than that. Exactly. So he definitely I mean, topped him in yardage. But yeah, he definitely topped him in yardage. But obviously, Rivers and him were having a competition to see who could throw more picks last year. And you know, Winston came out the victor. But in the end, I see Jameis ending <laughs> up at Jacksonville and firmly putting Minshew on the bench. Uh, like you said, Minshew probably wins the starting job back around uh, week nine, week ten. Well, I'd I say Jameis will lose it before Minshew will win. Okay, it. I, yeah, okay, that's more what I meant. I mean, Jameis would lose it by poor decision making yeah. and turnovers. But they'd um, get tired of it. I don't see Jacksonville's a good fit for him at all. I, I, I don't really see it as, as as such, but I mean, I feel like Jacksonville's the type of team that would take that leap on a guy like Jameis. Just it's just it's Jacksonville. Oh yeah, it's Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I can me. see them doing it, but I don't think the fit's good at all. I really yeah. do not like the fit whatsoever. And I think once he gets in Jacksonville, people are going to see it's not a great fit. That wasn't a good fit. You know why is he here? I just get that kind of vibe from it. It's Minshew mania down there. That's what they want. Whether it should be what they want, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of those fans are all about some Gardner and Minshew. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But the second guy, Bo, Cam Newton. And let me just say this. Before I get started on this, I have to say that I've been thinking of writing an article on Cam's career, Bo, and, and how steep of a decline his career has had. I mean, let's think about it, but it was no longer than back in 2015 that this guy was the most unstoppable player and most exciting one in the league. I mean, and to put this on top of it, this guy is the only player in NFL history with 100 touchdown passes and 50 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to do it. I think instead of writing a piece on him, just write a, a chronological history of his, of his battle with injury the last three years. I mean, that's what would be a lot of the article. I mean, that yeah. You couldn't help but put the injuries all in that article. But let, let's think about it. He hasn't even looked like the same guy since 2015. His last yeah. two seasons have been riddled with injuries, such as the rotator cuff tear, ankle injuries, um, another shoulder injury, and I guess it was what was most recent, the Liz Frank injury was what he just had that problem with. You know, yeah. in, injuries in general have derailed this guy's career. Um, once again, guys, Cam Newton, we all know who that is, number one overall pick in the 2011 NFL draft. Um, career stats, let's look at it. 29,000 yards for a career, um, 182 touchdowns, 108 interceptions, and his career quarterback rating, the same as Jameis Winston's at 86. Um, but this, is, this isn't that surprising, but I'm going to say it to you and tell me if you, this caught you off guard. Okay. This guy has only had more than 25 passing touchdowns in a season one time. That doesn't catch me too off guard. He's a he isn't limited to just that. So I mean, it doesn't doesn't surprise me too much. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it, been, it, and they've been a run first offense for years. Yeah, yeah, they they have been, they have been, but still, you know, a lot of teams are looking for you know, depending on what type of offense you run, you're looking at a guy. Do you want a quarterback that just slings it? 
constantly a more of a pocket passer or or a lot of teams are based around you know it's kind of like what the Ravens did with Lamar coming in and they built their offense around him they built their offense around a mobile quarterback and yeah. it's more on preference of what the team wants so let, let's look at let's, let's scout Cam Newton a little bit this guy has a huge arm now albeit <laughs> sometimes accuracy can be an issue because of the huge arm um still he's seen he's seen as a mobile threat even at 30 years old this guy sells tickets immediately. Wherever you go, he's a fan favorite. He's going to sell tickets. He's exciting. Everyone loves him. The guy's also a former MVP quarterback. Also um, number and, one overall pick. <laughs> that's right. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he's one of seven active MVPs in the league right now. Yep. Um, now let's look at the odds and where he lands, Bo. The favorite, and I mean the heavy favorite right now, is the Los Angeles Chargers at negative 115. Followed by, again, a team we just talked about, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't understand the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're they're, they're almost a favorite for Winston and Newton, and they're saying they're moving forward practically with Gardner Minshew. So yes, it's mixed signals here on that that front for me. I'm not I'm not understand. I mean, I I could I definitely see the the, the want for another quarterback, but I, I don't understand where they're going saying we want to develop Gardner, but at the same time, you know, they're the Vegas favorites for two guys. For, not just yeah, one, for both for of two, them. Yeah. For two. I mean, how, yeah. not the, they're obviously not the favorite for Cam, but to be second in line and then be the favorite for another guy, it just doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, but I'm mind blown by it. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars again, guys, is second for Cam Newton at plus three eighty, followed by the Dolphins at plus four fifty, then the Broncos at plus four seventy, <laughs> Patriots at plus six fifty, and the long shot, the Washington Redskins at plus one thousand. Um, now, out of these guys, Bo, the Chargers are the favorite, and there's been some recent buzz around the team and Cam Newton. Um, this past Friday. Um, quarterback Tyrod Taylor put up a photo of Cam Newton and himself working out together. And maybe those guys will soon be teammates. I know you saw the photo that uh, yes. Tyrod put up. I'd uh, say I'd say Vegas saw it too. Oh, that's definitely what made some of those jo- the uh, those <laughs> odds get better. One hundred percent, absolutely. Um, I like Cam Newton as a fit with the Los Angeles Chargers. However, I don't know how long he would be in town. You know, whether he signs or not, I, would, I still see. I would not Char- be lock- I wouldn't lock him down for more than two years if I was them. That's what I'm saying, because, see, at the end of the day, whether he signs or not, I still see the Chargers selecting a quarterback in April, more than likely it being Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. Um, I don't think signing Cam Newton or not signing Cam Newton is going to change their draft plans. I still think Herbert's coming to L.A. with or without Cam Newton on the roster. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to take a quarterback, it, it, whether if, you know, if somehow two is there or whatever, you know, they could go that route. But, I mean, they, they're going to take best available QB up on that board when their pick comes around, I believe. I mean, they should they need to put one in the books. So out of the Chargers, Jaguars, Dolphins, Broncos, Patriots and Redskins, Bo, who is the team that intrigues you the most with Cam? Again, not the team you see him going to. What team intrigues you the most? I say the Chargers. Hooking them okay. up with Anthony Lynn and uh, and that and that receiving core, I think that's it's perfect. I mean, and 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 Austin Eckler, it's kind of like the McCaffrey, you know, partnership. He just Austin Eckler, yeah, Keenan Allen, Mike yeah. Williams, Hunter, Hunter Henry. Henry. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're they're I mean they're they've been drafting linemen. They're trying to build depth at, on all the offensive line for the future. I'm not going to say how successful it's been, but they have been taking them. And I mean, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And I, I think. I think that that's the most intriguing fit. I think that he's 
I don't I don't know if he'll end up there. I think the, the whole Tyrod thing, I think they're friends and I think he's probably trying to do a little lobbying via social media because in the in the climate we're in right now, a tweet, you know, is gonna be on Sports Center being analyzed by Skip Bayless. You know, just you tweet just one tweet, you know, it's like they'll break down everything about it. So they take that picture and they'll run with it, you know, you know, a hundred miles, you know, before they're done with it. And you know, I think that's why Vegas spiked their numbers too. But I think the Chargers is the most intriguing. I would really like to see Cam with the Chargers. Yeah. I think that'd be a great landing spot. And I think He'd like look good said, in that uniform. He would, he, he would be he fresh would, in that powder blue. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Can oh, you yeah. imagine the cleats that man would be having on the field? I mean, he's already looked good in blue. I mean, L- in LA would fit him so much more than the Charlotte area would, I think. I mean, yeah, and I mean, you know, he could he could it would look a little bit uh better with his fashion sense. I'll be yeah. I'll think it's a little weird, but his fashion sense in LA, fashion. hey, he'll fit right in. It'd this guy, perfect. this guy. It's made. He's made for L.A. Let's get this guy on the Chargers. I think and the, and the Chargers really need to lock their fan base down in L.A. because they can't keep having 30,000-seat soccer stadiums get sold out to another team every time they come in there. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a destination game right now because it's so cheap and, you, and the fans just take it over. And they, they need to flip that script. I think Cam Newton would be a great way to – Cam Newton followed by a rookie quarterback – that spells jersey sales to me. Oh, it absolutely does. Season hey, tickets and jersey sales. Let's think about what we just said about Cam Newton just a little bit ago, guys. This guy sells tickets, okay? Well, the Chargers are looking for someone to sell tickets. Yeah. Who better to get it quarterback than Cam Newton? I mean, let's be real. This guy's the biggest physical freak that we've ever seen probably ever, ever. Like yeah. I just said, at the quarterback position, number one mm-hmm. overall pick. Let's get this guy in there. Yeah, Cam brings Cam brings an identity to your team, and I think we can agree that. And the Chargers have probably led the way when it comes to identity crisis in the NFL. You know, they, I mean, they're just, just look at they've that been kind of lost. I mean, yeah, I mean they've just been kind of lost, in my opinion, with fans since they left San Diego. Really, since before the really because San Diego, the city, and them were kind of. I don't know what the word is like. There, it just was kind of a broken relationship. It seemed towards the end. You know, I mean, I think Cam would really would just bring some life into the organization. He everywhere he goes, he's been great for the for like the locker room and for the fans. I wouldn't say that it's always resulted in wins for Carolina, but he he's great for the locker room, his teammates, the fans, charities, everything. Would you consider now this may be a really dumb question, so just hear me out. But would you consider what type of locker room guy do you see Jameis as? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Mike Evans and him are, are, are good friends or boys. I mean, I feel like he gets along with people. I feel like it could be at times an immature presence. I, could you see that? That's what I definitely see it as. I wouldn't say it. it he wouldn't be a bad teammate. I don't think no, he'd no. be the kind of teammate you couldn't rely on on Sunday. But I, I mean, just if you're, you're relying on him to get you the ball and not the other guy the ball, that may be an issue. There may be trust issues there. But I'm saying as a, as a teammate, I think he's a good teammate. You said immaturity. The, the biggest thing that pops up in my mind when I, I think know. of a maturity level with Jameis Winston is 100%. You remember, I think they were playing the Saints. Who yeah. was it? Two years so ago. Licking his fingers and stuff. He's licking his fingers. And he ran out on the field and like shoved a player to the ground off the sideline. Do you yeah. remember that? I think it was when uh, Mike, Mike Evans got tangled up with a cornerback. And I, yeah. I can't remember. The, I, I think it was Marshawn Lattimore, actually. It was definitely mm-hmm. Marshawn Lattimore. And Jameis Winston runs off the sideline 
And and for some reason, I don't know why he was on the sideline, but he wasn't starting in that game. I, are you, you remember this? Am I remembering this correctly? He wasn't starting in that game for some reason. I don't remember was, that part, but I remember the game. And I remember, okay. I remember the incident, but I don't remember if he wasn't starting. As far as I remember, he wasn't starting. He was on the sideline for – Fitzmagic was starting? It was Fitzmagic starting, and um, Jameis was on the sideline due to an injury. It was kind of a minor injury, but they just still didn't mm-hmm. start him. And he ran off the sideline. And, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest no-no in the NFL is when there's yeah. a confrontation or a Any fight football going on, level, period, you, you cannot you don't leave come off the sidelines. Side yeah, yeah, and you he get ran ejected. off. Ran off and got in a fight with Marshawn Lattimore, and it just—it was just a stupid decision. And yeah. and stupid decisions, whether it's him throwing the football or just in in general, um, in the football community or in just in general population, uh, he just makes poor decisions. And I think that's what the biggest thing about James is. But like you said, I don't think he's a bad teammate. I, no, I wouldn't no, say, that's, but that's being a teammate and being the franchise quarterback of an organization a billion dollar organization are, are two different things. There's a, there's a, a lot of great teammates out there that you don't want to lead your franchise. I mean, they're just, they're not, it, it's a, it's a role that isn't for everybody. And I'm not saying James couldn't do it somewhere else. Maybe things change, but, but I don't know, you know, a change of scenery does a lot for a lot of people can change a lot of things for a guy. Okay, it could completely switch a guy's career around. And, and me and Bo have said that a whole lot on here. Yeah. But Bo, there are some guys that, you know, you do want leading your franchise and there mm-hmm. are some guys that you want um, because you know they're great decision makers, and we're going to talk about some of them right now. Um, guys, we are going to start. This is going to be the beginning of the top five series on the TSR podcast. Um, basically, what this is going to be is um, every week, me and Bo are going to list off our top five at each position all time and let you guys hear who we think are the top five at each position in NFL history, uh, just to have a little bit of fun because, you know, we are kind of running low on stuff to talk about with due to COVID-19 um, yeah. and a lot of stuff being shut down. So we're trying to keep this fun for you guys. Um, also, I would love for any of you guys that are listening to, you know, text me, tweet me, DM me, any of your list and, and where you think we went wrong or who we forgot. Yeah, we um, love but, comparing that stuff. Love comparing. So you're about to hear me and Bo maybe argue it out. I haven't heard Bo's top five all time at this position yet, but yeah. um, we'll see what Bo's list is like. This week, guys, we're doing the top five quarterbacks of all time. Um, Bo, do you want me to go first with my list of my top five, or do you want to go first? I, I do want you to go first. I have mine typed right here, but I, I want to see what yours stacks up on mine. It's like I feel like we're both nervous to show our, our hand on this. Okay, all right. Let me show up my top five quarterbacks. How about this? Do you want to do it five to one or one to five? What do you which way you want to do this? I Go feel five. like that's a, that's a dumb question because every, pretty much you're going to know who number one is. But which way would you want to know? We this? should have the if we should have the same number one. Okay, we should have the same number one. If it's not Tom Brady, bro, the next yeah, time I'll slap you. That, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm it, is. That right it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. It okay. Is. All right. Well, here's so my start list. five to one. Start five to one. All right, five to well, one. Everyone knows who one is. All right, the fifth best quarterback for me all time is Roger Staubach. Okay, that's, that's not all what I expected. I think just the the way this guy's career in general went, and, and what's so cool about this guy, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, obviously this guy is a two-time Super Bowl champ, but this guy at one point was the face of the league. He was like, he was kind of like, and I'm not going to say he was phys- as physically gifted as Patrick Mahomes, but he he was very young when he came in and was the face of the league. This guy left took, for the military too, didn't he? That's what I was going to say. The guy took the NFL by storm. And then in the middle of his career, the guy goes and does a tour in Vietnam. I mean, come on guys. 
this is a leader if I've ever seen one. It's pretty pretty nuts. And I mean, obviously, guys, you I'm not gonna I didn't look up all the, the stats and everything like that. Um obviously I kind of knew some of the stats, but I'm not gonna sit here and say some wrong stuff. You guys could check out the stats. Obviously, it was a different league back then as well. But yeah, back, not I, nearly I, as many passing attempts. Not nearly as many passing attempts. Yeah. And he also played for America's team, the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I firmly think that Roger Starbucks a top five quarterback all time. Um got some guys I left off. Obviously, Unitas, Dan Marino, yeah, guys, the great Johnny spot. Unitas was going to be what I—that's what I thought you were going to say for five. No, no, Stallback beats out Unitas for me, man. Unitas I, is the reason we have the two-minute drill, man. I mean, he—he—he he, he, he almost invented the modern QB. So that was—that was one of my 1950s, early 60s like picks. You know, that was really stumping me because, like, you kind of touched on it. It's hard to compare. It's super hard to compare. Yeah, it's it's so hard to compare. And you know, a lot of these guys, and you know, how about this, bro? I, I thought we were gonna go one to five. So let me just say this real quick because I thought this would be at the end, but I guess it's gonna be at the beginning. I had an honorable mention mm-hmm. that I didn't um, obviously get to. I was gonna say at the end. I'll say at the beginning. Now, my honorable mention that just m- missed the top five was John Elway, yeah. um, and that's more because I, I didn't know how we were kind of gonna do this. I, you know, if you go by stats, you have a totally different top five. If you go I, yeah, by, stats. I'm not totally going by that. That's, I don't I'm have any. By I don't have any yardage written on my count on my list. <laughs> yeah, I'm going by uh, by uh, you know um, talent. What talent level you had? Your accolades. You know. Yeah. What, and, what I just what I know about them as a player. I mean, this is our opinion. This isn't. Yeah, this is our opinion. You know, this is this isn't a this isn't a numbers never lie debate where we're just putting a bunch of stats up there and just breaking it down that way. It's analytics. You know, PFF debate. It's just what he, us here at TSR who we would like to have if we had you know top five QB. Um, but honorable mention that just missed my list and Stallback just beat out was John Elway. Obviously, everyone knows who John Elway is, who is now um, with the Denver Broncos and their organization. But I loved the way John Elway played. And it, people will sit here nowadays, bro, and they freak out over Patrick Mahomes, right? And they're like, oh, we've never seen a physical freak like this at quarterback. Okay, well, go to YouTube and look up John Elway. John Elway had an unbelievable arm, like a ridiculous arm. He was a it he was, was the Yankees signed him, um, almost signed him to play baseball because he didn't want to go. I can't remember where he didn't want to go play. Who didn't want to go play for? I remember I that as well, I, but I can't but, remember who the team was. Yeah, but, but he almost was a Yankee. This guy was extremely stop. mobile too, extremely mobile, and um, it's just obviously the guy, two-time Super Bowl champ, almost. Almost um, three peat, and it was back to back championships. And I just think, I just think John Elway, with the the amount of talent that this guy had, obviously played with some other greats like Terrell Davis. And some people were saying that Terrell Davis got John Elway um, into those Super Bowls because Terrell Davis at that point was a top back in the NFL. But John Elway, without without him at quarterback, the Broncos don't win those two Super Bowls at all. Obviously, John Elway could do a little bit better of a uh, job at, you know, checking out quarterbacks. Now, he doesn't have the best run on deciding what quarterbacks should start for his team. Hey, maybe he hit on Drew Locke, though, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> moving forward, Bo, obviously, I said five was Stallback. Four is Drew Brees. This guy is pretty much going to have, by the time his two years are up, and probably before, um, even sooner, Drew Brees is going to own almost all the records at quarterback. This guy's a one-time Super Bowl uh, champ. You know the accolades. This guy's a pro bowler. This guy's an all-pro guy. Drew Brees is definitely a top five 
all-time quarterback. There was a guy at work that asked me, Bo, he said, is Drew Brees a top-five quarterback all-time? And the first thing I said to him, Bo, was no. Came right out of my mouth. I was like, no, he's not. But then I did some digging. I did a little bit, you know, um, delve into it a little bit. And he absolutely is. Would you agree? Don't tell me if you, where he's at on your list, but do you have him as a top-five quarterback? Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. Um, number three, Bo, Joe Montana, baby. Joe Montana, the man. Who else would you have in your top five? I, I imagine Gotta most be. people are going to have Joe Montana in there. This guy was an animal. Is the owner of maybe the most famous throw in NFL history. Um, definitely the most famous throw in a Super Bowl. Um, multiple Super Bowl MVP awards. This guy, for a long time, was the face of the NFL and was the quarterback that every quarterback wanted to be. Number two, Bo, is Peyton Manning, who is considered the greatest regular season quarterback all time. This guy also has a lot of um, records that he holds. He's my personal favorite. He's my favorite quarterback all time. This guy's attention to detail was off the charts, and I just loved watching this guy play. And number one, Bo, is Tom Brady. There is nobody else. There is no one else, (laughs) even in the ballpark. Bo, it is Tom Brady at number one. Bo, go ahead and give me your list and give me a couple of the reasons you want these guys in your spots. Okay. Um, at at uh, number five, I came in at Brett Favre. Uh, you didn't say Brett Favre, so I was one way that we were going to differ on. Um, and I think that because Brett Favre might be the original gunslinger. Uh, Brett Favre probably played with more heart than any other quarterback you'll ever see play the game of football. Uh, you could not tell him he couldn't win. I mean, he was always he always played like a champion. Uh, rather, regardless of his indiscretions, <laughs> uh, you know, after after football, and then coming out of a small school, was it Southern Miss? I believe he played at. Uh, no one knew who he was to come up and be the guy he is today. Um, that's huge. I love Brett Favre. He was probably growing up as a little kid, like six, seven years old, like. Before the Steelers ever drafted Big Ben and stuff, and like I was playing on Nintendo, like Favre was my guy on Nintendo. And I just always loved Brett Favre. He's my number five. If I was to go to war, go to a, into a big game, and I wanted a fearless guy out there, I'd take Brett Favre, um, regardless of numbers. And he's got huge numbers. <laughs> he's Hell, got he has huge massive numbers. Yeah, they're huge. If you're a they're Packers there. fan, Bo, if you're a Packers fan, who do you think they would pick if you did a put a vote out? You know what? I'm probably going to put this out on my, my scouting Twitter tomorrow, guys. I'm going to put a poll out if you guys want to go and give your vote. Look, they'd want Favre back. Would you want Would you want Favre to lead your all-time Packers team or Aaron Rodgers? Because there's a lot of all-time talk going on right now. Um, would you? Who do you think they'd pick, Bo? Rodgers or Favre? I'd want Favre back. Favre is I, – I don't care what you say about Rodgers' arm talent or is he have the most talent of any QB ever. Brett Favre was the guy. I mean, you it want him in guy. any situation. He, if you were losing, he didn't pout. He he kept, he got you off your butt and lit a fire under you. No matter who you were, coaches didn't have to motivate anyone. You got to he he's kind of like what Breeze does. You see Breeze going crazy before games with guys pumping everybody up, getting the team together. Brett Favre he was that guy in the nineties. I I love Brett Favre. Let's up. let's do a quick little insight real quick. Everybody freaks out over you know Michael Jordan winning that NBA championship after his father had passed away, who had always pushed him. Right. Well, yeah. I don't know if many people know this. Brett Favre did something very similar. Brett Favre, if I'm not mistaken, it was a playoff game. Came out and won a playoff game. I believe it was the day after his father had passed away. It's it's un- it's unbelievable. And then, and then that I ex- I wouldn't expect to hear anything less about Brett Favre. He is an 
he will not be he would not be denied. You had to take it from him. You did. I, you, did. you had to absolutely you had to rip winning from Brett Favre's hands. You know what I mean? And and I just love some Brett Favre. I, and he's probably one of the best soundbite quarterbacks ever. Oh, he definitely is. And, you know and something I mean? else something else that, you know, I want guys to know that when I was really young, you know, right when I started lo- loving football, I would always you know, the, the the matchup I always was extremely excited about in the NFL was when the Green Bay Packers would play the Minnesota Vikings. Cole and Pepper? I got to watch Brett Favre versus Cole Pepper. Yeah, that was great. And Randy Moss I would, I would always, awesome. I'd run up to my dad and be like, the Vikings are playing the Packers tonight. And we'd rush home and we'd watch it together. And I just remember stuff like that, you know, there's a reason you don't forget stuff like that. It's because yeah. you, you knew you were watching one of the greatest guys. And I still remember those games to this day. Um, who's your number four guy, Bo? Uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees, all the numbers are there. Like you said, he could probably hold every passing record there is by the end of these next two years. I mean, he he could he could do it. And I, he's got the great, you know, I guess two-minute drill, you know, game-winning guy you would want. You, you take Drew Brees to the bank. Almost any game you're down, you know, you need seven points, you need three points to win. You can call on Drew Brees. You're going to get those points, in my opinion. I love Drew Brees. I'm gonna I'll put Drew Brees down at four all day. He'd be my fourth pick. Number three is Joe Montana. This is gonna sound a lot like yours going towards the end. We did not do these together, folks. This is just this is just who it is. Joe Montana probably has the best playoff numbers outside of Tom Brady ever. He's almost perfect in the playoffs. I think he has I think he had one playoff run where he threw uh it was like nineteen touchdowns and like one interception. 11 touchdowns, it, one interception. 11? You sure? Was that it? Yeah, it was, it I don't was know why 11. I got 19. I don't know what I was reading there. I don't know what I was trying to remember. I don't Regardless, it it's ridiculous. 11 and one. Yeah, I mean, one playoff run. I mean, it's just, it's like perfect. And, and it, at the time that he was doing it, it wasn't like there weren't that many passes being thrown. It was still a run first league. I mean, he was in the Joe Walsh system out there where quarterbacks were winning and, and being thrown to a lot. I mean, they, I mean, they were throwing the ball a lot, but. Joe Montana, pressure situations. We've got four rings, three Super Bowl MVPs, two league MVPs, uh, like eight Pro Bowls. It's all there. I it's mean, all it's, there, he is. If you, if a quarterback stellar. wants it, he's got it. He's yeah, I mean, up. you could you could put him at two above Peyton. I mean, it, I mean, there's a lot of people out there in the sports world that would just oh, because he never there, lost absolutely. a Super Bowl. He's four for four. He never. He's like the like Michael Jordan. Never lost. He's like the Jordan in football. Yeah, you just never, never. You're not any what three MVPs out of the four. I mean, I mean, what Jordan when I get six MVPs, didn't he? In all of his all of his championships, six MVPs. Six still, I mean, in football, there's there's eleven guys out there starting, not five. To get three MVPs is pretty impressive. It is impressive. You know, I mean, that's something you got to think about. And then this is gonna be incredibly obvious going on the way out here. Peyton Manning is number two for me. Uh, Peyton Manning was the ultimate uh, field general. Probably the highest football IQ we're ever going to see. A guy could probably go out and and just read his whole playbook or just run his whole playbook right now. He's been out of the game three, four years. Probably remembers everything back to front. Probably go out there. He'd probably be a head coach of a team if he wanted. I mean, the guy just turned down $20 million to do one game a week. Yeah, absolutely. The guy... (laughs) <laughs> he he's he's done with football, and you know what? I respect it. I respect it. Now, do I think he's it's always going to stay away? That from was it? just speaking to his pedigree too. It's just like only Peyton Manning can do that. Oh, only Peyton Manning can do that. And I think you know I respect him even more for it. He put everything he could out there on the field. He he literally could. I mean, you could see towards the end of his career, he just barely had anything left, but he was still fighting for yeah. wins. So he wanted, you know, he wanted to win, and 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 he wanted to leave 
that legacy behind that that he that he went the distance that you know that he didn't he didn't just put the numbers up and bounce like he wanted to keep going and i, I love that dude He's a, he was a fighter towards the end he wasn't just like the pretty boy pocket passer yeah he absolutely was now i guess you're number one i guess we can all take a He's guess Tom at brady i mean it's gotta it, be tom brady i mean why i mean it was it, it's tom brady i don't even, i don't really don't need to read off everything everybody knows the greatest 20 year sports run ever for anyone uh, i couldn't agree any anymore i mean if you don't have tom brady how about this guys how many if division titles has he won did he win straight oh it's ridiculous is it what is 14, it is it like se- well, yeah 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 i, th- I was crazy. gonna say uh, no it's definitely not 17 maybe you're right like 14 i think maybe you like 14, 14 but, or but let, let's say about how about this guys if any of y'all out there that 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 you do not, any of you that do not have Tom Brady as your number one quarterback all the time, please, please get in touch with either me or Bo, and please give us a written description of why, because I would love to see the argument that you have of why Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, and if he's, and if you don't have him in the top five at all, I don't know how I want to talk. Oh, to I'm you. not going to talk to you if you don't have him in the top five at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not even going to deal with you. But if yeah. I'm saying if you don't have him at number one, I would love to hear why, and I would love to get into a debate with you. I love it. I'm not going to sit here and you know say, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about." I want to get into the debate. I, I want to see what people have to say. You know, and, I don't know everything. Bo doesn't know everything. If you take if you take Tom Brady off this list because you think he's a system quarterback under Belichick, you think he he's the reason for it all, then don't put Joe Montana on your list. Because you could say that they were ahead of their time with their passing offense, with with the Walsh-style West Coast stuff. They were ahead of their time. They were doing things other people weren't. Like, just go ahead and take Joe Montana off if that's the case. I mean, and I'm not doing that. You You can't take away from how great they were when it counted. The coach didn't go out there on the field and make the play happen. The players got to execute. So if you if you don't take Tom Brady off because he's system quarterback, go ahead right off Joe Montana too. I'm trying to I'm trying to blow you out right now, uh, but you're on fire right now, man. Just, I loved it. Love the just, take. I, I had to go there. I just I had to do it. I mean, you can't you can't I just you cannot make that the coach doesn't the coach isn't everything. I mean, the coach is yeah, it's great. It puts the plan in place, but a guy can go out there and still be inaccurate. Okay, he can still make poor decisions when he when there's a when there's a heavy blitz coming. This, you know? is the, this is the intensity I need from you, Bill. I need this intensity, baby. This, this is, I mean, this is why this is TSR intensity, man. I, I need you to get that hot over something. I need to talk with you. I think every, it might be the first every, time I've every, ever every, got that. Yeah, <laughs> you got a little hot right there. I want to get something every episode that's going to get you just going like you just got right there. That's I love it, man. I love that's the type of content we need. The juices got flowing on that a little bit. They, but they yeah, definitely I mean, just if you're gonna if you're gonna write Tom Brady off because uh, he had Bill Belichick, just go on to write Montana off. Just do it. Just do it. Um, do it. Got, guys, we're also going to talk about the top five quarterbacks headed into 2020 season because we're doing top fives. So let's just run with it a little bit. Um, now, Bo, me and you were talking a little bit before we got on here, just a little bit. And um, I just think we should should let everyone know who our top fives are. Okay. Yeah. So how about this? How about this? I'm going to say number one and you say your guy. Okay. And I'm going to say my guy at the same time, guys. And let, let's see how, how similar so we're, me we're and doing Bo this are opposite. We're going one to five here. We're doing one to five here, okay? okay. All right, number one. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. yeah, sorry, that it was bad timing, Patrick Mahomes. Number two. <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. All right, number three. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Number four. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> number, number five. 
Deshaun Watson. Oh no. No. Okay. All right. We were almost, we were almost hundred percent. So listen to this at number five, Bo, I have Drew Brees slash Deshaun Watson. Okay. okay. So I'm still in there. Can I'm still in there. Drew Brees an honorable mention. Okay. Fine, fine. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Drew Brees honorable mention. Okay. Let's do this again. Run it back. Number five. I got Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Okay. There we go. If I'm, right. if I'm starting right. a franchise tomorrow, I'm taking Deshaun over Breeze. Just, just more okay. time. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Um, obviously, guys, that's not just due to age. I just think Deshaun Watson's a more talented prospect than Drew Breeze. But I had Drew Breeze and Deshaun Watson in a tie for the fifth best quarterback heading into the 2020 season. There are going to be some haters saying there is no chance in hell that Lamar Jackson is the top three quarterback moving into the 2020 season. That's fine. He'll prove you wrong next year. That's all hey, I have. He's the league that. MVP. I don't want to hear it. Let's move on. Most recent news around the league, Bo. Um, we're going to go through these a little bit quick, guys. Um, Carolina Panthers have signed wide receiver Robbie Anderson. Anderson signed a two-year, $20 million deal with Carolina. This guy was undrafted out of Temple, but has made a name for himself in the league, most recently with the Jets. He's 27 years old, um, had a solid season in 2017. He had 63 catches, um, almost 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. I like him in the Carolina offense, and I like the offense as a whole with Bridgewater, McCaffrey. And at wide receiver, you have Anderson, Moore, and Samuel. Tight end, Ian Thomas, who I am high on. Uh, moving on, guys, the Seattle Seahawks signed wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Dorsett signed a one-year deal with Seattle. I don't know the initial value as of right now. Um, I haven't been able to find anything on it. We've talked a lot about how I believe Wilson will have the most weapons he has had in his career in 2020, and they just added another solid piece. He's a very speedy receiver who's able to create in space. I like him with the offense. Bo, my 2020 Super Bowl pick keeps getting weapons, man. I love it. Um I just love the Seattle team for 2020. I, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm going to be watching every one of their games. Um, and I think this should have been a bigger name in the signings that just happened. Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes closed. Signed, signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Rhodes signed a one-year deal reportedly worth around $5 million. I believe this is a steal. To get this guy for $5 million is ridiculous. Well, yeah, he had, um, people are just down on him after this past yeah, he, year. But, he had but a give, give, him this, give him this year before we write him off. Yeah, exactly. You know, Rhodes had a rough year last year, but I still believe this guy's an excellent cornerback. And cornerback one, CB1 at that. This guy's a three-time Pro Bowler and a first-team All-Pro in 2017. Um, now you're getting to pair him with second-year cornerback Rocky Sin, who also went to Temple. I just had to throw that out there. I like the signing. Uh, I still believe the Colts are going to draft a cornerback in this class, but the Rhodes signing was a great value signing. Um, let's get on my team a little bit, Bo. Safety Von Bell signs with the Cincinnati Bengals. Von Bell signed a three-year, $18 million contract with the Bengals. It is an excellent signing, guys. Bell will immediately move into a starting role for, the, for Cincinnati um, beside Jetsy Bates. Um, now, former starting safety Sean Williams looks to probably, he's probably going to be helping out the weak linebacker position uh, because he is a versatile guy, and he even played a little bit of linebacker last year. Um, but Von Bell is coming in to hopefully help out a team that ranked last in the NFL bow in pass defense last year. We had a horrible defense. No one needs me to tell you that. But I think Von Bell can help patch things up a little bit on the back end of the defense. Um, and speaking of the Bengals, a former Bengals cornerback named Darquez Denard, and some of you probably know who that is, he failed to come to an agreement with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looked like he was headed to Jacksonville and was going to get everything done like normal. They did not come to an agreement. He's going to remain a free agent. He had quality years 
um, 2017 through 2019. This guy was probably the Bengals' best cornerback in 2019. William Jackson struggled. Darquist first round stepped, pick, right? Step first round pick in the 2014 Michigan draft State. out of Michigan State. Yeah, um, 24th overall pick. But he's only 28 years old. This guy's going to be signed soon, so he should be signing with a team soon. And last, Redskins trade for Panthers quarterback Kyle Allen. Um, the Redskins sent a fifth round pick to Carolina for Kyle Allen. Um, Rivera has now traded for a backup quarterback to add depth to the QB room in Washington. Is this because he's not completely trustworthy of Dwayne Haskins? I don't know. I think they should, you know, run with Dwayne Haskins, give him a chance. He he did all right last year. He didn't do great. He didn't do terrible. He did all right um, yeah, in the game. They, they got a sketchy O line. Uh, yeah, they have a sketchy O line. So you, know, you never know what's going to happen with their quarterbacks. And I love Adrian Peterson, but you have Adrian Peterson at running back. And the I wouldn't say you have get... Darius guys, but I mean, do you really have Darius guys when he only never plays know. two never games know. a season? I mean, come on. Well, and so, that's this, the the Redskins, the fifth round pick this draft with between the receivers and the running backs. It's, that's that's worth Kyle Allen. It, it's definitely worth it's Kyle. Very Allen. Very deep class. Um, Allen guys, he started twelve games for the Panthers last season. He completed sixty-two percent of his passes for thirty-three hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, and sixteen interceptions. So not great. But solid I mean, backup but material. All, yeah, no one's calling him. No one's calling him a league starter. We're just, you know, he, he's nothing but a safety net to keep your head uh, somewhat above water, if, if now, necessary. Some people last year were calling him that, though, and it's kind of crazy how quickly things change because well, now so no one thinks that. That goes back to the patience thing we were talking about. You know, would like or was the the bad you know interception season Manning had? You know, they just today they'll live and die on one week. You know, yeah, it's insane. Go. They'll write a guy off on, on on a bad two weeks, and that's just that's it's too much. Take no, it, it too far. It's too much. People they're, they're too impatient, and they don't yes. want to wait and see what the finished product is like. They're just like, no, you're not good enough, and they move on from you. Um, guys, in other news, Bruce Arians has come out and shut down the Antonio Brown to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Smart Hawk. man. Um, rumors were swirling that there was possibly going to be a Tom Brady and Antonio Brown reunion in Tampa. When AB was asked what he liked to play with Brady in Tampa, his response was expeditiously. Oh, I don't know. I can't even pronounce the word. You know what? I just butchered the word. Bo, I'm uh, yeah. with the podcast. I just embarrassed I myself. I told you. I'm done, man. My face is completely red right now. I was practicing that word earlier, man, and I just screwed it all up. Bo, pronounce the word, man. It's so I don't I don't have the word in front of me. I'm not gonna embarrass myself. This is I'm not doing it. Uh, before the episode, Jacob, we I even told you I even told you that might happen. Oh my god! All right, guys. Anyway, pretty much, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the word means. How about that? He said. A, um, his response was yes immediately. That's pretty much saying that he would join uh, Tom Brady in Tampa. Head coach Bruce Arians has come out and shut down those rumors. Arians, Arians said that Antonio Brown was too much of a diva and didn't take things serious enough. He also said it's not going to happen. There's no room. It's just not going to happen. It's just not a fit here. Those That was a quote that was taken from Arians. But let's think about this. Can we sit back for a minute, Bo, and imagine – Tom Brady, the guy that we just said was the number one quarterback all time. Can we imagine this guy throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown? Just sit there. It would make me mad. Just imagine. Let me ask you this. Does that offense win the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. It depends what – honestly, it depends what the O-line looks like for Tampa Bay. If Brady can't breathe, then they're not winning anything. I mean – 
imagine what the Super Bowl odds, how much better those odds would get if Antonio Brown was added to that receiving core. I mean, yeah, I mean no, they're but... already all right because Brady just went, joined. I don't know if you saw, but the, the odds for the Tampa Brady Bay Brady didn't Bucks, win one with Randy Moss. I'm just saying it's not everything. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. But what if, I'm saying Brady, is— sorry, If Brady's not up on his two feet throwing the ball, it doesn't have time, it, don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, look at this. Look at pretty much what happened this year. I mean, he. he I don't think he's had to. I don't think he's fought being well, sacked. Look, look at the receivers this guy had this year. Tom Brady didn't have anyone close to Chris Godwin or any of these guys. His the first round pick, Nikhil Harry, never even stepped foot on the field till I can't even remember what week it was. I mean, the best receiver he had was Julian Edelman. I mean, let, let's be yeah. real. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I think didn't have a lot I, of targets. That's for I, sure. I would. I didn't expect Antonio Brown to sign with the team. And Arians has said before. Yeah, I think it was back in January. He had, he was basically saying that he didn't have any. Um, had pretty much lost all respect for Antonio Brown and and didn't know whether he was going to be back in the league again or not. But um, again, Brady's going to be just fine. It's Tom Brady. Now, do I see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making it to the playoffs? Yeah, maybe. Do I see them make going on a deep playoff run? I eh, don't know if I see no, them winning that I don't, division. I don't. I, I just don't. Wild card team. Yeah, I, I don't right see now. them. I don't see them making a deep playoff run. I just don't. I think. I think Brady has left those years in uh, New England. I, I don't think he's going to go on a deep playoff run during his time with Tampa. That's not because of Bill Belichick. It's just because I don't like. They, I mean, they won seven games last year with James. They Winston. did, they did, I mean, and that's him throwing thirty interceptions. Okay, all right, yeah. you're winning me back over. Actually, you're winning me over. You I, always I mean, and I, was, I mean, and I was just downing it. I mean, I was just saying, I, I, t- I told you it depend on what the offensive line looked like, and it kind of does. I mean, if they don't have a running game and there's no offensive line, it's going to kind of end up like last year. I mean, and they, they just, have no corners, no yeah, cornerbacks at all. I, hopefully, they they address it in the draft. I mean, they got to make a complete. They got to get a complete complete team together. Or else it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? They, I think they have a good run defense, too. I think one of those top run defense I mean, in the league just last re-signed, year. Yeah, they just re-signed Ndamukong Sue. They yeah, re-signed Ndamukong Sue. You got JPP on the, the D-line. I mean, come on. <laughs> Shaq Barrett's nasty. Shaq Barrett had a great year last year. I mean, come on. You've got stuff to work he with. He was all pro. The secondary, though, is something that that's really something that's got to be worked on. But, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Tom Brady's able to do. I can't tell the future, so we'll, we'll see what this guy's able to do. Um, still talking about Antonio Brown here for a minute. Oh, Antonio Brown, bro, I don't know if you saw this. He came out and said that he was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, Basically saying it's not even close. Beef. Um, AB said, and I quote, I'm the best receiver in the game. Tell Julio to look up the stats. I've got more touchdowns in the past five years, and I took a year off. I mean, he, he's not wrong. I mean, dude, AB before AB bounced out of Pittsburgh, he was the man. He was the best receiver in football. I mean, he was. I believe. I believe the I don't know about don't know about today. He might probably isn't, but like before he left, I mean, I mean, I get it to him, man. He's the man. He had it. I mean, he did. I can't he act did. like I can't act like I wasn't out there. In my Antonio Brown jersey that I had, just literally, like he's the best. He's all famer. He's the best receiver in the league. Like I was definitely that guy. I We're mean, still talking about a guy. Go, go ahead. What were you saying? I'm saying up until he kind of went off, the, like you know, the 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 deep end with everything. I don't really know what's going on with it. You know, what's going on with him? But ever, ever since he went off the deep end, I mean, people kind of don't think of him as that dude. But I mean, because we don't see him play right now. But he before he left, dude, he was on top of the game. Oh, he was. He absolutely was on top of the game. Let me. Okay, can I ask you something? I just this just came to my mind. Was Antonio Brown on the Madden cover? Yeah, nineteen. That Madden curse is real. I bought that Madden. Look I what bought that Madden, Madden for that. Look what that Madden curse did to Mahomes him. Mahomes was on twenty. It's not real. It's just getting worse. 
Mahomes, was, Mahomes was on 20. It's not real. He just won the Super Bowl on the Madden cover. Oh, my God. He broke anyway, the curse. This guy's talking about Julio Jones, but let, let's give Julio Jones a little bit of respect here. Yes, does he catch him out of touchdowns that you think he probably should or I think he should? No, he doesn't. I think. Did you see what PFF tweeted? Go ahead. Tell him. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Pro Football Focus tweeted seven hours ago uh, at 4 o'clock today that uh, the highest-graded wide receivers from 2010 to 2019, number one, Julio Jones at 95.1, number two, Antonio Brown at 94.5, number three, Michael Thomas, 93.6. If you're you an analytics head, you know what? That on purpose you know that wasn't oh just yeah they're stirring the pot time. they're stirring the pot 100 i would too i would love We're to see quarantine let's do this yeah stir this pot a little bit come on but <laughs> my, my thing is you're talking about a guy about julio jones let's give this guy some respect i mean all first of all this guy had the most ridiculous receiving game i've ever seen in my life sorry to you panthers fans when he caught 300 yards and i believe Damn. it was three touchdowns on you guys this guy, tell me if you don't agree with me, Bo, but I see Julio Jones. He is the biggest physical freak in the NFL since Calvin Johnson. He's the, he's yeah, I'd say other than Calvin Johnson, he's the most impressive specimen I've ever seen. And I guess you could throw you could probably throw if you're talking about physical freak, you've probably got Randy Moss and Terrell Owens in there. He's as probably well. the best athlete, like pure athlete to play football. You know what I mean? Like I mean, all this guy's, around this guy's jump, unreal. speed, everything. So, you know, Come on, AB. You know, stop drawing negative attention to yourself. Maybe you just don't get it. I mean, it. see, AB was going on a little five year stretch. You know, they did have the AB came out as a, like a six rounder, you know, who who was playing special teams. And, and I think he was taking a back seat to like Emmanuel Sanders back then when he first got drafted. He was. You know, Julio had pedigree out of the gate. Julio was drafted to be the dude. He was drafted he was, to be the dude. You know, I mean, AB was a shot. Came in the dark out, came out the same draft as AJ Green, and yeah. it's something an inter- interesting uh, thing for you guys to know is um, the Atlanta Falcons GM came out and said that um, at the time they were really looking between AJ Green and Julio Jones, and they, they they really could not decide who they wanted. But pretty much once Julio Jones, I mean the the, the once they saw the physical uh, specimen this guy was in person. And the numbers he was able to put up, I mean, I'll come out. AJ Green's my favorite player, but I'll come out and say Julio Jones is much more of a physical freak than AJ. AJ's good. Can't, can't let your Georgia love get no, in the way no, of that. can't. And I think Julio Jones just people don't respect this guy enough, I and mean, people love him, and you still don't respect this guy enough. This guy is an unreal talent in the NFL, and he keeps doing it day in and day out. Um, I I just think back to the the horrible horrible um, comeback that was the twenty eight three deficit in the Super Bowl with the Falcons and they, Patriots. They, they aired that today. Yeah, the, I know they did. The yeah. the Falcon, I mean, uh, Julio Jones took over the first half of that game, even into the third quarter. I mean, that guy was making the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. Dude, some, somebody told me, Jacob, sorry to interrupt you, somebody told me today that I didn't even realize it. Uh, shout out Ben Campbell on this, uh, that they missed a huge opportunity uh, what was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it, right now it's you know it's it's late, but I guess to be two days ago now. But on Saturday it was three twenty eight, and the deficit was twenty eight to three. Yeah, when and they, they could have aired they it. Could, why didn't they air it on that day? Oh, that would have been God. perfect. Man. That would have been perfect. It's such a troll. It's such a troll. Um, it, it I love it. Cool. That would 
That would have that would have been the best move of the weekend, one hundred percent. I would have definitely stayed in and watched it that day. Um, but guys, let's move on to the NFL draft here a little bit because we're gonna try to finish this up. I do have an interview for you guys after this. Um, let's talk about the April draft and some news with it. NFL Ma- Management Council has uh, had a unanimous vote that the twenty twenty NFL draft will go on as scheduled. Um, also, the NFL is working towards a virtual solution for the NFL draft. Um, Something that's going to add a cool dynamic to the prospects being drafted from home. And on top of this, the draft this year will be working to make charitable efforts for those in need during the COVID-19 pandemic that we are all dealing with uh, across the country and across the world right now. Um, The primary goal is going to be increasing coronavirus relief funds. So I think that is awesome um, that the NFL is trying to do something for everybody that's dealing with this horrible, horrible situation right now. Another update, teams and prospect meetings. March 14th, the NFL banned any in-person meetings between players and team personnel due to COVID-19. However, teams have been able to contact as many draft-eligible players as they want by phone or video conference calls up to three times per week for as much as one hour at a time. So these teams are still doing their research. You know, throughout this time, they are still on top of things and they're still talking to uh, players. So don't think that they are not. Um, let's move on to Tua. Now, let me make this clear because I talk about Tua every episode and I want you guys to know why. I'm not picking to talk about Tua every week for no reason. Tua is one of the most talked about cases in the 2020 draft. And I feel like I should keep you guys up to date with everything that is happening with him. We all know how good he is and his health is going to be of the utmost importance come April 23rd. Um, Tua put up a video of him starting to throw again. Bo, I'm sure you saw the video. He looked yeah. good, man. He looked smooth yeah. and fluid. So it looks like the hip's not giving him any issues. Um, it was a very encouraging sign for teams that are looking to draft a quarterback early in the 2020 draft. Um, he's also going to be sending his next scans of his hip to any NFL team that requests them, which I believe most teams are going to, seeing as you know, most teams can't uh, have their better. doctors. They yeah. can't have their doctors evaluate him. So, you know, yeah. they're going to want to see these scans. Um, Mark Ingram came out and said that he 100% believes that Tua will be a star in the NFL. I'm going to give you a quote from what he said. He said, I just think the type of person he is, his accuracy, his accolades, the number of yards he threw for, the efficiency, even some mobility in the pocket and out of the pocket, I just think he has great potential. You know what I mean? To be a star in this league, and I think he will be a star in this league. Showing some Alabama love, man. I love when uh, former college players, um, you know, players that played on teams a while back are still there and supporting guys that are coming from their Mm -hmm. alumni today. I love seeing stuff like that. Um, There's been no change for me personally with Tua. I still have Tua being drafted by Miami at fifth overall or before because I could see Miami getting a little antsy and trading up to make sure they still get their guy. Um, A healthy Tua excels in Miami's West Coast offense, in my opinion. That's just me, Bo. I think he excels. That West Coast offense, he's going to sling it. I, I love every bit of that. Um, and a little bit more on the NFL and COVID-19, guys. NFL players have taken part in a Fortnite tournament to raise money for the World Health Organization amid COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic. Players such as Juju, Kyler Murray, Miles Garrett, and John Ross played in the tournament as well as other celebrities. I think this is awesome. I love seeing people come together during times like this when people need other people to lean on. Um, and I love, I, you know, Bo, I know you've been reading about it. All these NFL players, owners, everything, um, and just teams in general have been uh, donating money to the COVID situation yep. and trying to help out as much as they can. And I love seeing stuff like that. Did you see what D hop did 
for his new city he's playing for, Bo. 150,000? 150,000 for the Arizona yeah. community. So he, he is coming in and already making people love this guy as if they didn't love him already. Yep. So yep. much, see, much respect. Did you, this is a little weird. This isn't even NFL side note. But did you see that? Uh, I know a little childhood hero for a lot of us. Uh, Stefan Marbury is is like partner with a bunch of people in China to send a bunch of masks over. I thought that was cool. Yeah, side so note, Marbury not NFL loved related. In but, China, man, it's kind of yeah. crazy how much they love that guy, like Dennis Rodman over in Korea. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's cool that he's. I think he's like something like two million masks or something. He's gonna have sent over here. It's, it's awesome. A lot. It's awesome. It's, everybody needs to come together during times like yeah, this because it's a big shortage. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge shortage, I'm sure. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, hospitals all across the country are having problems just having enough tests Yeah, absolutely. to give people to see if they even have the disease. So there's no telling how many people actually have it, and they don't know, or, or the community doesn't know. So, you know, it is something serious, guys, and obviously, you know, it, it it's not something you know. You're not trying to scare you when we say that, but it's something that people do need to take seriously. Yeah, and, just a little um, side note. Just a little side note, guys, to, to try to stay, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay listening to the TSR podcast, of course, every every week. Um, guys, next up, I had the interview with Bridgewater outside linebacker Gary Ramey, and I talked to him about his experience at the National Scouting Combine in Indy. You guys, please enjoy. What's up, guys? A couple of episodes before this, we had Gary Ramey in for an interview, and we were talking about his college career and what he was excited about heading up to Indy for the National Scouting Combine. Now we've got him back on. He's gone through the drills and interviews in Indy, and we are going to hear all about it from him and what the experience was like. Gary, it's awesome to have you back on the podcast, and I appreciate you taking some time to come on again and talk some ball. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I love having you on here. You did a great job the first time, so I thought, hey, we got to get this guy uh, back on here. It's an honor. Thank you. Um, now, how was the trip up to Indy, man? How, how was the trip overall going up there and traveling? No, it was cool. So, um, as I mentioned, me and my dad went. Um, so, I came home from school that weekend and got prepared. Uh, we flew out on a Monday morning, uh, got out there. Uh, one direct flight, which was nice, just flying from uh, BWI in Maryland and Baltimore just straight to Indianapolis. Uh, it was a short, pretty easy flight. Um, the whole process was pretty easy. We got a rental car and uh, drove our way over to the um, embassy suites in Indianapolis, and they had everything ready for us, ready for it to go there. And um, that night, I mean, that day we had measurements, and uh, the interviews were that day. And that night we had uh, our dinner. And the next morning we got out there and uh, got to work. Yeah, man, they set you up pretty good up there. Uh, the NSC does a good job of getting all their guys uh, feeling comfortable and getting ready for the uh, the next move. Um, what was the first thing you did once you arrived in Indy? Um, right when we arrived, um, we got moved into the to the suites. Naturally, um, they had uh, they took our names down and got us moved in, got us our uh, our packages and our shirts, um, and then they uh, did the measurements and stuff in waves. So they had like you know small groups of like about five or six people going in the back room. That's where you got your like your arm measurement, your height, uh, hand uh, hand measurements, um, and your weight, and then you had a short interview with um, the Sports Arena, which is a small uh, um, a publication that does you know kind of similar stuff to what you all are doing, um, interviewing like players and just kind of you know whole scouting the whole scouting environment. So we had about a two three minute interview with him, and then from that on out, you were kind of good to go till the evening, and then you had uh, the dinner with um, everyone introduced themselves, all the uh, scouts that were there would introduce themselves. Um, you know, Jimmy and, you know, he had his, uh, his own little speech about talking about, you know, how excited he was to have us down there and that we're all, it's our chance to, you know, put our best foot forward and, you know, make something happen out of it. So 
And then, like I said, the next morning was when we uh, drove over to the sportsplex and um, got uh, ready to go uh, over there. Now, did you get to meet a lot of guys right when you got there, like a lot of other athletes? Yeah, so we were going through the measurements. Naturally, you see everybody, like, checking in. You see people coming through, like, you know, on their own. And then I think the first time you really get around all of them is when you're going through the um, the measurements and the interviews. Um, so you'd be, like, in a, like, in a line, naturally, and you would see people, like, you know, weighing in. And actually, when we were there, it was just linebackers and DBs mostly. So you already knew, like, you know, who you're around. And you saw people, like, getting tweeted out on the Twitter or have, and had they met with you or anybody else um, through interviews. You know, you kind of have a little bit of prior knowledge about who you're going to be competing with. Um, so, yeah, you got it. It was kind of a cool experience. There wasn't too many people there uh, while I was, like, you know, checking in and stuff like that. But overall, it was about, like, you know, 40 or 50 DBs and linebackers. So it was overall, I mean, a good, good bit of competition and a good experience. Now, you had a teammate with you up there in Sean Myers. Um, did you kind of stick, y'all two kind of stick together a whole lot, or did y'all kind of both have to go your own different way once you got there? Um, when we got there, uh, I made sure right when we checked in, actually, he was actually, um, he actually got there a little bit before us. His flight got in about an hour early. And um, so he was already you know, getting his, uh, trying to get the jet legs out and was on, the, was on the bike warming up when we first pulled in. So right when I got to the um, embassy suites, I saw him, and we made sure that we, you know, we were aware of where we were living at because we made sure we wanted, you know, the next morning when we got up, we didn't want to get up too late and get over there, like, you know, on, on dead legs. We got up early in the morning, you know, got got a little workout in beforehand to get loose. This did our own little individual stretching that our coach gave us, and we made sure that we didn't go out there, you know, dead in, in, any, in any way. We want to make sure we were out there uh, as warm-up as possible. So during the whole thing, you know, even like after the event ended, uh, we drove them, him, him and his mother back to the airport, and we had a meal at the airport just talking about everything. So overall, like, once we got there and we came home, it was we were kind of doing this thing together, and it was it was a good experience to go through with somebody like Ray. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's probably a, a good thing to have a familiar face up there with you. I know it's a whole lot of unfamiliarity with it, so uh, I'm sure that it was really nice to have a familiar face with you, um, somebody you could kind of hang around and talk to. Uh, when did you first get to meet Jimmy Kibble and his crew in person? Um, that night at dinner, so um, Jay Wilson and Jimmy and a bunch of other guys that helped with the testing, um, they each had their own little thing at dinner, just introducing themselves and how they, you know, what, what football means to them and what, what they are in the game, what they do. Um, oh, Rick Sheratella, I don't know if I'm saying his last name correct, for the NFL Draft Bible, he was there as well, um, gave his own little speech, talking about, you know, what he does and who he evaluates and just, you know, kind of just saying, like, you know, he could be an important person to our, our process, so it would be a good person, you know out there and have a conversation with if you if you got the chance to and all of them had said their own little excerpts at dinner and we had an idea of who we we're going to be working out in front of before the day started which was a good experience yeah man you uh you said the last name perfectly by the way it is rick saratella but yeah man rick knows a whole lot um you know he's been running the nfl draft bible for a while now and uh, he knows a whole lot and is able to help you guys in a lot of different ways. So it's it's good that you got to hear from him as well as Jimmy and his crew. You know, like I said, they have a, a, a huge crew and partners that they work with up there to do everything they possibly can for you guys as athletes and as football players. Um, but I want to go over some of the measurements you had and where you would have ranked in some notable measurements at the NFL Combine and where you would have ranked in some of the numbers that you put up. So with your combine comparisons to the guys that were at the NFL combine, man, you would have been 14th in the highest vertical amongst NFL combine participants, which is extremely impressive. Uh, during all this, were you trying to kind of keep track? Were you, you know, when they obviously the combine, the NFL combine went on after the NSC combine. Um, 
Now, were you trying to see where you would land a whole lot? I know you were you were getting in touch with me a little bit, telling me about where you would have tested some. Were you trying? Was that a goal, trying to see where you would have landed if you were in uh, Lucas Oil? Um, I mean, yeah, it was always in the back of your mind, but actually, like you mentioned, we were we were going on before they even started. But I think after the measurements, which was really important to me, was go up there and put down some some good measurements, just simple stuff like that, like you know, body body weight and height, arm length. Those were that kind of gave me a good idea that I was kind of on the longer, more rangy side compared to everybody else because there's not too many linebackers, like we mentioned before, being like, you know, over six foot four and then having long arms like I, like I possess. So when I got the measurement, which I believe um, when they gave me my measurement in person, they said it was 35 inches because there's a couple of shorter guys had 33 and a half, just like mine, which that's neither here or there. I think my arms are 35 inches rather than 33 and a half. But like I said, the 35 would have been, you know, within the top five of all linebackers or in the entire combine in general. Um, and having like you know pretty big hands, I didn't I didn't put any numbers down on paper that I was disappointed with when it came to measurements, and that was a good that was a goal of mine going up there. Yeah, man. Well, you landed 13th. You would have been 13th at the NFL Combine in the broad jump, and you actually you would have had the second longest arms at the NFL Combine, even if your arms were only 33 and a half inches. Yeah, which, you, is, which is great news. Yeah, but you're saying you think they're even longer, which is, is even more surprising i mean that that's incredible man you, you've got a huge wingspan so that's definitely something to be blessed with 100 those are some re- some really impressive measurements and numbers um now how do you think you performed overall at the combine um so naturally with the with the jumps i i was really i was really um happy with my jumps the the vertical was good it was a lot of good hard work and a lot of you can see that i've been working on the explosiveness as well as the broad jump because um of all linebackers, I believe there's only two or three of the linebackers above 10 feet. And that was a that was a goal of mine to get 10 and actually get in the double digits. Is, and is it always a good goal? And I knew that was going to be an above average score. Um, going out there with the with the 40, um, the way they ran their 40s was a little bit different. Um, you did everything in a group, in, a, in groups. So you kind of rotated through all the drills instead of having everybody run the same order naturally. So, for example, there was about, you know, seven or eight drills, which means there was seven or eight groups rotating through the drills at different times. So um, unfortunately, uh, my group ran the 40 last and I don't everything. And this not to make any excuses at all. But, you know, after going through testing of two other hour, two hours of other testing can kind of, you know, hinder your results a little bit and you know, working out hard for two hours before running your 40. So I knew when I went out there and ran, I ran the 44, I was kind of a little bit upset with it. But I knew that it was a good score to put down for especially with laser and then having it be ran, you know, two hours after other testing. Um, bench press. Um, it was a little bit lighter than I, a little bit less than I wanted to get. I was thinking around 17 or 18 reps, um, but naturally, you know, it's just you go through it and you can't make any excuses. You have you get the warm ups you get, and that's what you got to do. But I was happy with the number I put down for it being my first event. And then on the L drill, kind of messed up a little bit, had a couple slips, and you only had one run at it naturally. But a few things I need to clean up with my my transition and my bending, and naturally, I think I could put a better, I would have put a better score down at the pure pro day, which hopefully happens later later this uh, spring. Yeah, man, I wish I could put up any of the numbers that you put up. So I wouldn't be disappointed at all, man. I think those are awesome numbers. And like you said, man, it's your first event. You know, be too hard on yourself. You know, it's your first event. And I think you tested very well for it being your first event. So, you know, I'm proud of your numbers, man. I think you should be proud of them, too. Um, Now, what drill do you think you impress scouts the most in? Definitely, definitely the vertical and the broad. And not counting counting the um, individual drills. And, the, and also, I mean, with the 40, you know, a lot of kids out there weren't really run, running like, you know, too good of times anyways. And to be, to be at my size, definitely with being the tallest linebacker there, 
Um, putting a four eight down isn't too bad because I could definitely know I could run four seven, four six on the hand time, no doubt. But um, for definitely the jumps because um, just being able to jump over thirty three inches, thirty four inches, and having that ten for broad was definitely a goal of mine. I was happy I put that down. Now, what drill were you the most excited for? I didn't know if this would be a weird question. I don't know if you were really – I'm sure it was meant a whole lot more being antsy. But was there a drill that you were the most excited to perform in? Um, I, I think the – I knew that we were working explosiveness a lot, and we've put a lot of work in with, like, you know, Coach Beach, our strength coach, and all that. I was really, really excited to see what we put down on the vertical. And then as well as the, as the 5-10-5, because we've drilled that a lot. And I knew when I ran, I ran, I ran one clean, really clean run with no slips. Um, the turf was a little, but people had some complaints about the turf. I mean, my run, my run was cool. And I thought it was a good enough surface to run on. And I was, I was happy with my, with my short shuttle time as well. But I think most excited, I would say, between the short shuttle and the vertical were probably my most exciting, most excited events. Now, what do you think made those the most exciting to you? Did you just know you were probably going to perform well in those? What was it to you? Um, so I think what, people get confused about with the vertical jump is it also it's all perspective naturally so i mean i'm six foot five with naturally really foot or six four and a half sorry with really long arms i mean i could have put down if i put down a four inch vertical there's not many people grabbing a ball over that anyways you know what i'm saying so being at six foot four with long arms that if you had to go get a ball touch a touch a pole on a wall my, my vertical would be good enough to touch touch it over anybody else you know what i'm saying absolutely so, yeah so i was kind of looking forward to because it kind of puts it in perspective. If he's this tall with these long arms and he could jump a good vertical, that means his explosiveness and the peak, his peak height is going to be, you know, over somebody else that might be shorter than me. And then for the, for the short shuttle, um, it kind of translates to what linebackers got to do. I've got to work within within ten yards, ten yard spans at a quick at a quick at a quick uh, clip. So I didn't put down the number I really wanted to. I wanted to get down a little bit lower, but I I, th- I was happy with my results for that for that event. Yeah, man, with your length overall, I mean, anytime you have to drop into coverage, that's going to help you excel. 100% is going to help you excel because the radius you have to bat balls down or even make picks is huge. So, so it's, you have a lot more to work with than some other guys do. So, you know, that really works in your favor. Now, tell us more about your experience up there in Indy. What was it like being interviewed and going to the meetings? Um, it was it was awesome. So, um before they, uh, you saw the a lot of most of Canada was there. There was about probably five, six teams, um, and also like regional scouts as well. Um, they were there as well throughout the throughout the event. So you saw them walk in. You saw them had their what they were talking to other players about or, or to Jimmy about, and you got an idea about who was there. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. But um, yeah. So I mean, it was it was cool just to be able to you know get in front of professional teams for the first time naturally because I mean. You don't really have too many teams coming through Bridgewater College naturally, but and have those to have these coaches, you know, look at the list and see number seventy-two, which is my number, and ask me, you know, like you know, what school did you go to? You know, where are you from? You know, meet me after this event to get my contact information and stuff like that. It was a really cool experience overall because I mean, it's our dream to go talk to pro people, pro pro scouts, pro people in general in any organization. Just to have that opportunity was awesome, and it really was a great experience. Now, did any of the trainers or coaches before you took part in drills or anything, did any of them have any advice for you, um, you know, to calm your nerves a little bit, anything that you thought was useful that they told you? Um, I mean, dude, like, it was just, like, it was awesome. I mean, I had the people were going to, taking us through warm-ups. It constantly reminds you, like, you know, this is, like, you know, your job interview. And, you know, regardless of, like, you know, how you're feeling before you come in here or whether your preparation wasn't as good as you wanted it to be, 
it's time to put the best foot forward and make the, make it happen. So I think just everyone had the right mindset. Like, you know, I'm here for me and myself and my family and I'm going to, it's a job interview and I want to put my best foot forward and uh, going through warmups. Um, it was just really important to just, you know, get, make sure I was loose. That was my second warm up of the day. I did, wasn't the first one. I made sure I got some stretching in beforehand, but, um, just, just make sure I was just ready to go and, and everything possible and then, and then regret any, you know, lack of preparation. Now, you've mentioned a couple of the drills that, you know, you said that you could have performed better in. You said, that, you know, you had a couple of slips um, and some drills and just some, some things that the 40 you said, you know, it came after you had already been going pretty hard um, with some other stuff. Now, what drill, what one drill in particular do you think you could have performed a little bit better in? Which one bothers you a little bit? Um, definitely my L drill for sure bothers me a lot. Um, it was the first event of the day. Um, we only had one run at it, and it was right after the right after the broad jump because they did kind of paired them together. Um, uh, it was just I I mean I, I would just I just messed up missed my steps. It's one of those drills where you know it's really it's almost like a track event when you do hurdles or do your long jump you have your steps down. You know one if you stutter step one thing it can mess everything up. And on my uh, second turn I my cleats I caught a little caught on the ground kind of st- stumbled me up a little bit. It kind of, it kind of just you know threw off everything for the rest of the run. And then um, on the bend and come coming back for the second one. I felt I had a good bend, but this this uh, ran a little bit too wide. But I mean, it was something like you know, if, if I had a chance to run a second one, it would be something you would you know just you would like all right, bet lock in on this one aspect, make sure you get this right, you know, drop your time. So, I mean, it was it was a good learning experience, but that's definitely the one event I really wanna really wish I could have improved on. Yeah, man, it's it's not all about the numbers that you put up up there. It's it's a like you said, it's a learning experience. This is experience that's gonna help you in the long run. So you know, going up and you know. No matter what the numbers you put, obviously you want to put up good numbers compared to bad numbers, but just going up there in general and having this experience under your belt, I think it's going to help you a whole lot because, you know, when you go to another event, you're going to be more ready for it. Every time that you do this, you'll be more and more ready um, as more and more events pop up. Um, now, did you enjoy the speakers that spoke to you guys? You know, I know um, the NSC had a lot of guys that came in to talk to you guys, especially during the dinners and meetings and stuff. So did you enjoy the speakers that they had? Oh yeah, it was it was great just having somebody you know from like maybe in like a new, the neutral view, someone that just had gone through the experience before, and you know looking back, you know can give you some insight about the whole experience. Um, uh, one one DB they had uh, which he ran some of the drills. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's also from Baltimore County, which isn't far away from me at all. So I could tell he had a little accent. I could tell he was from my area. So that was cool having him there, and he played DB in the league for a little while. But just having. Having people that have gone through the experience before just talk down to, you know, us young guys and just give us some insight about, you know, how their experience was and if they could go back and change some things, what it would be and just wish they wish what they wish they, you know, took more serious and stuff like that. You know, it really means a lot to you when you hear from someone that's gone through it before. Now, Gary, I'm going to ask you just maybe a hard question. If it's more than one thing, you can tell me all of them. What was the biggest thing that you took away from the National Scouting Combine event? Um... I think the biggest thing I was probably taking from was that, you know, there's ball players all over the country, even if you haven't heard of the school before. There's a lot of people from the mid- schools from the Midwest that I've never heard of, but they also had brought in some great athletes. Um, also, um, you never really judge a book by their, by their cover, honestly, because, I mean, there's some kids out there that you might have thought, you know, maybe like, you know, this kid's going to be perform extremely well and, you know, he's probably going to blow my bench out the wall to water, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to trust your preparation and know that you're there for yourself. You're not really there competing against anybody else. You're competing against yourself. That was the biggest thing for me, honestly. You just go in there and know that, you know, I, I, I went in there confident. I was confident in my preparation. 
And uh, just kind of just kind of feeling, I didn't want to feel like, you know, shy or nervous. I want to go in there and feel like I'm, I'm happy with what I put, put forth and I was ready to put up some good numbers. And overall, I think the entire experience was an eye-opener for me. Just, you know, there's a lot of good talent all over the place. But also, um, it made me kind of realize that, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm happy with my, what I've put forward. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good football player myself. Again, I feel like I compete with some of the best players in the, in the country, and that it was it was a good experience for that reason only, just kind of knowing that, you know, you're here for a reason, and you're not here for mis- by mistake. All right, Gary, now I'm going to talk to you like you're a scout. How do you think your teammate did, Rayshon Myers? How do you think he did up there at the combine? I think he did great. I, mean, uh, I think our biggest thing when we went there was to show that we could play football well. You know, I was um, in, the, in, in the position drills, we definitely both excelled. Um, we don't want to be robots and just run these certain drills good and just do these drills well. We wanted to be able to move when the gloves came on, catch the right caught catching balls, um, you know, show our show our moves and pass rush and all that stuff. Uh, Ray definitely did well. I'm sure there's things that he wished he approved on as well, just like I would. I would. Um, but overall, I think he was happy with his, with his performance, and uh, it was a good experience for both of us overall. Yeah, man, I think I talked to you last time um, you were on here. I talked to you and told you, you know, it may hit you a little bit when you get up there because, you know, when you're invited to these events, you know, a lot of times you feel like the man going up there. Or maybe you didn't, but a lot of guys do. They feel like they're the man heading up to the event. So was it kind of an eye-opener to get up there and be like, wow, like there's a lot of really good athletes here? Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was. Um, Naturally, my, my confident answer would be I was the best linebacker there. Um, and I, I honestly, when I went through drills, I didn't drop a ball. Um, football was really clean. No slips when it came to like, you know, fundamental drills like that. But I mean, yeah, I guess if you go in there with the wrong mindset, especially if you didn't, if you didn't put the preparation there, you're just going there with the fact that you're always the best person there. Um, they can kind of, you know, mess up your experience, especially if you get, you know, have a bad, have a bad outing in a certain drill, it could mess everything up. So, yeah, yeah, man, so I want to have some fun with you real quick. Um, and this is going to be some stuff going on in the NFL. I'll just ask you some other questions. Now, obviously, I'm sure you've heard that Tom Brady's left the New England Patriots. Yeah. Do, do you think he's going to win a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay? Not at all. You do not think so? Why do you not think that? I'm not going to – I mean, I'm, I'm a Ravens fan, so I hate still just as much as I hate the Patriots personally. But uh, I think Belichick had a lot of – I'm not going to say he was a system quarterback and be disrespectful to Tom Brady. He's one of the GOATs. But I, I mean, they don't, there's a lot more than just having a 42 year quarterback come in and win a Super Bowl. You got to have a whole entire culture winning. Um, Tampa Bay doesn't win very much, and I think just bringing him in is not going to change the entire culture right away. Now, have you kept up with free agency a whole lot? Yeah, my Ravens are doing great moves right now. I'm happy with what they're doing. You all doing? You are uh, doing some great moves right now. Now, do you have a favorite signing, not for just the Ravens, but overall? Do you have a favorite signing that happened to free agency, or one that blew you away? I know the one that blew everyone away, kind of in the beginning, was DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, even Madden would 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 turn that trade down. But honestly, I mean, unless there's something, some deeper meaning to it, we would never know. We're not in the front office. But I think the biggest thing that kind of surprised me was Todd Gurley getting released. Um, I understand he's having some, like, you know, knee problems or whatever, and they might be kind of concerned about his health. But, I mean, dude, he's an all-pro, pro ball running back at 25 years old. It's kind of crazy to release him. But I'm happy that Atlanta picked him up really quickly, and it showed that he has value still. Yeah, man, they had to bring him back home to Georgia, so we'll see how he does down there. They put him on a one-year contract, so it's kind of a uh, a tryout for him. So we'll see if he gets signed to a longer one. I can tell you've been keeping up with it, though, man. I mean, that's the pretty recent news with the Todd Gurley stuff, so I, I can tell you're keeping up with it. Do you have a favorite signing that your Ravens did? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Clays Campbell's no – that's no that's no slide. That's bringing in interior pass rush that we needed desperately last year. 
Um, it kind of might, it might, you know, overshadow, you know, Matthew Judon has got franchise tag. His, his future is still kind of unsure what he's going to do with the Ravens. So if we can't bring in extra edge sheet, having interior pass rush will be nice for us. And really with that offense we have right now, I don't really think there's much we need on offense, but if you can just continue to make the defense a little bit better, maybe bring another receiver, uh, I'll be extremely happy. Yeah, man, I think y'all will dive into the uh, – it's a deep wide receiver class this year, so I think y'all will definitely dive into it at some point, probably in the middle rounds of the draft. Um, yeah, y- y'all got Calais Campbell for just a fifth-round pick, so in my eyes that was kind of a steal. Um, you know, and the Ravens have had a solid, solid defense for a while now. And obviously, like you said, that offense has been firing on all cylinders. So we'll, we'll see what they can do, man. Who's your Super Bowl pick for next year? The Ravens, no doubt. Hey, so you're saying Ravens all the way. Ravens are going to win it next year with Lamar. Of course. I mean, I looked at the, the track record and history kind of repeats itself. Uh, Mahomes, because Lamar's kind of following the exact same uh, track Mahomes is. Uh, won the MVP, lost in the playoffs, and then next year followed it up with a with a Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. I would love to see Lamar Jackson win, win the Super Bowl, man. I would love that. That would that would probably uh, shut a whole lot of people up, man, saying that he couldn't play quarterback coming into the league. So I'm sure that they, all the Lamar Jackson fans would love for that to happen. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Gary. If you could play for any team, who would you play for in the NFL? Uh, I would play for any team possible. If I had to pick a, if I had to pick a team, it would be the Ravens, no doubt. But um, just, just being able to just be, you know, provide for my family and, you know, and make this dream come true. Any, any team calling, I don't care, you know, if it's – the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, and the same in our own division. I, I, I would come to MT Bank ready to play. So, honestly, if the Ravens at heart, but anybody can call my phone if they want. Yeah, your, your phone's always open, right? You're waiting for a call for that. No doubt. Um, now, what's the next step for you moving forward, Gary? Well, what are your next steps? You've gotten the combine behind you now. Um, that was a big step. What, what are you working on right now? What's the next step moving forward for you? So um, I was lucky enough to get invited to the, the JMU's Pro Day. Naturally, you know, all this coronavirus stuff has kind of put some stuff on hold. But being able to say that I was invited to a Pro Day to perform it against a, a much more NFL scouts than I was beforehand. Um, I had the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals um, call their head coach and their, you know, liaison of the NFL operations and get, get me and Rashawn uh, invited to that Pro Day. Um, and then, of course, there was going to be tons of more scouts there as well. So that was going to be a great experience. But now that it's kind of put on hold, um, the next step is to stay ready, honestly. And, and, and I have a few more, you know, events lined up in the future that I'm still considering about. Um, if the pro day falls through, uh, I'll be trying to probably go to the American National Combines. They're regional across the entire United States. Um, there's going to be one in Baltimore in late May. So if the pro day isn't, doesn't, doesn't occur, um, that would be my goal is probably attend one of those and then just, you know, see what happens from there. I've got a great agent, um, with, uh, Corey Williams at um, OSMGC, and it's just going to, Honestly, I'm just excited to see what happens. Now, I was going to ask you, Gary, I, you know, I have, I've been trying to read up on it a whole lot and stay in touch with some other guys, but how is this coronavirus, the COVID-19, with, you know, like you said, it's affecting some of these pro days with people coming out and uh, attending. How is this affecting you with, with the virus? I mean, not just, you know, in your personal life, but in your football career as well right now. I mean, it kinda, it's kind of putting a, throwing a wrench into everything because, you know, everything was going really well. I was really excited with, you know, seeing that, you know, my name was getting out there a little bit. Um, the dream was trying to start to maybe come true a tad bit, but, you know, the world is literally, is literally on hold right now. Like, it's not even a joke anymore. Like, it's the entire world is literally on hold. Like, you know, you got no sports on TV. The entire sports world is kind of in shock, waiting for somebody else to make a move to figure out what we do. So, I mean, right now, the NFL, you know, still is still is planning to go on, naturally. But, you know, it kind of may ask the question, like, what are they going to do with the draft, you know? 
do these teams still need to see these pro days because that, that's a really important part of their evaluation process. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of unfortunate, but I mean, I have, I have faith that the right things are going to happen. Um, we're going to get our opportunity regardless. Um, my film's not going anywhere. Um, and that's just all I have to say with that. It's just like, you know, if, if I would hope to God that, you know, it gets sort, sorted out soon, but if it doesn't, then we'll, we'll, we'll reevaluate the situation there and, and make sure we do our best, do our best performance when it comes. Yeah, man, I know you're going to kill it at the pro day. I hope, you know, for you um, and your success that none of that falls through. I hope that it goes on as planned. Um, I think it's an amazing opportunity for you. Like you said, there's going to be scouts there. Um, you know, scouts are going to start packing at these pro days, man, because a lot of these scouts don't know when they're going to be able to attend some of these. So they're going to take every chance they can to attend them. Um, but 100%, I think you're going to do well up there. Like I said, I hope it doesn't fall through. Um, Gary, again, it was awesome having you on. You always make this a lot of fun when you come on. And I appreciate you giving me some of your time. I hope you had fun and you are always going to be welcome on the TSR podcast anytime you want to come on, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. And I, and I hope you stay safe during this whole uh, quarantine. Stay safe watching Netflix. Yes, sir. And some last words, guys. Please give our guy some love on social media. Follow him on Twitter at Gary Ramey Jr. and on Instagram at GTR.15. Any athletes looking for representation and someone that will work hard for them, please contact my man Ramiro Ferrand at Ferrand Sports on Twitter. That is at F-E-R-R-A-N-D Sports. This man is putting out some commercials that will feature small school athletes' highlights. Please contact him and don't miss this opportunity. Again, that is at Ferrand Sports at F-E-R-R-A-N-D Sports. Follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and visit Blitzalytics.com. Go to the Members tab, click on Jacob Patterson, check out my portfolio, and check out some of the articles that I've written, as well as the scouting reports that are going to be coming out soon. Guys, please follow TSR on Twitter, at Scouting LLC, and on Instagram, at Scouting underscore LLC. Till next week, guys. You guys hang in there. We got some more great content coming out for you. Go subscribe, go give a review, and go TSR. Peace out, everyone. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball, we're ready, so let's go. Stop, continue.